0: Listening to She's the Powerhouse, my name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of She's a Powerhouse. Again, I am so excited for this episode. I know I say that at the beginning of every episode. I mean it for every episode. We don't take guests that I'm not just flipping excited about. So today we're talking to Tammy Johnson, who is uh, my neighbor. She's here in Greenville in the upstate in South Carolina, and she is an absolute badass. We pulled her on, well, for a couple of reasons. She's speaking at our Shattered Glass Symposium, which I'm stupid excited about. And because she is like the epitome and perfect example of how you can take a company and look at what growth looks like, which when we're talking to baby entrepreneurs or just starting out entrepreneurs or people who haven't even made the jump yet, I feel like the thing we miss is how big something could be. And when I talk about uncapped income potential, a lot of times what I'm talking about is growth and scaling in a way that it's not all just the company that you started with, but companies in um, parallels, right? So like things that are adjacent parallels and that work well together sometimes, and sometimes taking the income from one company and turning it over and creating something else. And I've heard Tammy tell her stories, and she is the epitome of the perfect way to do these things. Now, it wasn't perfect as in like there were no issues <laughs> along the way because there were plenty of hiccups. However, she said, Our sights on goals, and this woman does not stop, and it absolutely blows my mind every time. So, we're going to talk to her today. This is Tammy Johnson with High Spirits Hospitality. How are you today, Tammy?
1: I'm great, thank you, and thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, I'm so excited to interview you today. Um, so let's start with High Spirits Hospitality. I'm gonna route, I said I was gonna rattle these off as fast this way as I did when I did it off camera, and I will for sure mess it up. But so, High Spirits Hospitality houses High Spirits events. Bravo One, which is a security company, Old Cigar Warehouse, Topside Pool Club, and Liquid Catering, which was the the seed, right? That was the baby that started it all. So you own all of those companies plus the one. Tell me about beginning the beginnings. I want to know about Liquid Catering and what got you started.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, it really just depends on how many hours you want for the story, but I'll I'll try to I'll try to parse <laughs> it down in about five minutes. Um, so. I growing up, I was always kind of just all over the place. I loved to travel, um, and I kind of lived all over. And I had a my college boyfriend one day decided to join the Navy, um, which took us to Charleston. And when I was in Charleston, um, I started working for a regional restaurant group. Um so I started waiting tables and then I became a manager, helped with marketing, catering, online yards. Um long story short the relationship did not work out but i found myself in greenville south carolina um, and i was still working for that restaurant group and i became their catering sales manager and i love the job um, i did it for about a year and a half i loved it i loved um, the sales i loved doing the events i mean big events um, i love the logistics um, but what I what I didn't love was um, the, the company culture kept changing and kept shifting they kept selling from one equity group to another they, and then finally one day they brought in this one area director who was just particularly awful and um, just really not supportive of me or my department um, and I decided I'm like you know what I'm working 80 90 hours a week and I'm working for somebody else and Yes, I'm making decent money, but I'm still just killing myself for somebody else. And I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but at that point in my life, I was 26. I was like, this is the right time. You know, I don't have kids, I'm not married. Um, I, I can I can do something. And I still didn't know quite what I wanted to do, but I knew that I was ready to to leave the corporate world and do my own thing and um, one day we had a client um, that we were supposed to do the bartending for their event. And um, I called the CEO to ask him if he could sign off on an alcohol permit. And he, they called me back and like, yeah, actually we decided as a company that we're not going to do offsite bartending anymore. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? You know, we have a contract with this client and their event is in a month. And they were just like, well, you know, it's just not worth the insurance. I think it that I mean that to me was whatever. They just didn't want to deal with the permitting anymore because they didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm like, okay. So they told me to find somebody locally that I could refer our customers to. And <laughs> the thing was is I couldn't find anybody.
0: I love where the story is going already. Find I, us somebody. You yeah, yeah me. you got and, it. And
1: I couldn't I could yeah, I couldn't find anybody that was decent thing, you know, not anybody that understood insurance or licensing or cared two bits about that. I mean, you could certainly find a bartender on Craigslist, but they weren't going to do a good job. <laughs> right. So I thought I was like, well, this could work. And this is, this was back in 2010. This is right as all the, 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 idea of a bartending company was starting to come around, you know, Charleston had a couple, you could find them in DC um, and LA and so forth, but the idea of a, a mobile bartending company was still pretty new. Um, and so I did a lot of research, um, and I had bartended a lot, um, back in the day, I had managed restaurants. I knew how to sell catering. Um, I knew about the logistics and I had a good network, um, already in Greenville that was pretty much already established. So I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. So, um, so I started thinking about it in August. Um, I filed for my LLC on January 4th. Um, I quit my job, I think it was about the middle of February, Like we were already so busy that I had to, I had to quit my job about six weeks in. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of how I, how I got started. And that was, that was year one. Now we're at year 10. So it's been, it's been a long journey.
0: Isn't that incredible? 10 years when you first started, which you were, were you like, you know what, about 10 years from now, this is going to be going solid with all these other things going on. That that's just phenomenal. Goodness. Um, So then from there, Give them to me in the order that they came in. Liquid Catering came first and then what?
1: Yep. And then Old Cigar Warehouse. Um, so that was about two years later. Um, I just kind of stumbled across a venue space and um, the owners had tried to start a venue, but then they didn't know what how to do it and they couldn't find anybody that they liked to run it. Mm-hmm. And so I managed to convince them to just go ahead and lease me the space and I would um, run my business accordingly. And that's what we did. And I went from having the first initial conversation to signing the lease in a month. Um, and then we were that's building out there space. Yeah.
0: for those who don't realize that is especially before the housing and like the, oh, oh yeah. all of the real estate crazy of now, eight years ago, a, a month to a lease is insane. It, it was,
1: it was nuts. Um, And they were really good. Um, it was a good relationship because they put most of the money into it. So I I put, you know, it was reasonable for me to start the business. You know, I didn't have a ton of, I I didn't have any investors. I still have not had a single investor to this day. Um, so I had no investors. I was bootstrapping at all. And so it was a really good, uh, good relationship because they, they shelled out most of the upfront cash. So I didn't have to.
0: (laughs) That's a beautiful partnership. Um, and that, did that start okay so with liquid catering how long was it before you had like a team
1: um about eight months before so I had did it. first. yeah before I brought in my first full-time person and then when we started old cigar warehouse we went up to four um and then we just keep adding from there <laughs>
0: That was, so I heard some numbers and I was really, Lucy was like, um, so when we went to when we changed the date of the symposium, for those who don't know, um, we pushed it out so that more women could attend. Um, and so then we had to do sort of the mad dash scramble, which is business ownership. Like we do it all day, every day. Right. But we had to do this mad dash scramble to make sure that the keynotes could still be there in the breakout rooms and blah, 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 and things were changing. And Tammy was like, um, yeah, so this is the team I manage and here are the events we have in October. And I was like. Oh, I cannot believe she's still going to make it. Like, I cannot believe we made this happen. But tell me how many people are on your team currently?
1: Right now, I think I have 18 that are full-time in the office that are administrative employees. There's about 18 of us. Um, We usually have anywhere from three to five interns a semester, and then I have about another 15 full-time, actually, no, I'm sorry. I have about another 20 full-time security officers and then about 75 part-time employees. So a uh, hundred plus.
0: Okay. Y'all, I just, where are you, where are you from? Cause I don't want to say this incorrectly. Where are you from? Actually, I originally?
1: consider Houston, Texas. It's okay, kind so of my, this- my hometown.
0: We have this beautiful woman from Texas who's been in Greenville for 10-ish years who runs five five subsets of of her company, right? Like basically five full companies with a team of over 100, never an investor, bootstrapped it the whole way. If you don't believe you can do this shit, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> like if, you, if you're wondering if it's possible, Tammy is incredible. Do not get me wrong, but I just want you to like look at her and go, Okay, yeah, people do this kind of thing because I feel like, and you're a normal human. I've met you in person several times. Like she is the most down to earth, regular person I've I've met. Not in, also incredible, but also a totally regular human. Human, this stuff is possible. It's something that we need to look at and like be willing to consider as a possibility because it happens. And it's sitting literally right Mm -hmm. in front of me and shameless plug. You can come learn parts of how at the shattered glass symposium, y'all come meet her in person and all of the VIP events that you can come like hang out with Tammy. That can be a thing. So tell me about then, um, working for yourself. Tell me what the number one thing, the number one benefit in your mind for working for you. What is that to you
1: working for me or me working for myself?
0: You working for for an employer, Tammy, working for Tammy,
1: me working for myself is that number one benefit. Um, I, I, you know, I, I love to say flexibility, but then you're also, I'm also totally not as flexible as I'd like to be (laughs) because I'm based on, based around events. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's nice to know that I'm the final decision maker and that it all, the buck stops with me and that, um, You know, and I, I say that not to be like, I want to be this powerful goddess of business. I say that because it's, it's like, you know, when you're working for somebody else, every decision you make is going to reflect on them. And there's so much pressure, um, on that decision. And it's nice that, you know, when I'm the final decision maker, I absolutely get mad at myself for making the wrong decisions. Um, but I know that I'm not going to, I just don't live off regrets. Um, and I, I know that it's my decision and I'm not relying on somebody else. I didn't do all this work for somebody else to make the wrong decision or the right decision or take credit for the decision. You know, it's, it's mine and it's mine alone. I remember the first time I got to tell a customer no, and it was just like the most invigorating feeling ever. <laughs> and this woman was yelling at me because I didn't put enough wine in her glass at an event. And, um, and I was like, no, man, that's, that's the the proper portion size. And she was just like yelling at me. And I'm like, I just stuck to my guns and I'm like, nope, that's the size of the wine for, for what you paid for. (laughs) And it felt so great, you know, coming out of a restaurant group where you're supposed to say yes, yes, yes to all your customers. And I was like, I got to say no. And it was amazing.
0: I got to say (laughs) no. It only reflected on me. And if she asked for the manager, I was like, you could be like, you know, oh, you, you can't talk to the manager, but I'm the owner. So my if favorite thing
1: to do is to pass out my own business cards to people <laughs> when I'm working events and they have no idea who I am. Um, and they, you know, they want to say,
0: Oh, I want to talk to your manager. I was like, okay, well here's your card. You can call it on Monday. <laughs> they
1: That's never amazing. do.
0: <laughs> That's amazing here. Like here's, here's the complaint form. Um, yeah. I got, I got Hey girled over the weekend in my, in my Facebook messenger, it's the only time I ever want to utter the phrase, utter the phrase, do you know who I am? <laughs> like, no, I don't want to sell your MLM stuff. Like, have you seen what I do for a living? I don't mm-hmm. need to sell Sensi. I mean, I love you and good for you and your hustle. I, but do you I know still, who I
1: am? <laughs> I still have women probably at least once a quarter that ask me if I want to get on in on their MLM. And I'm like, where, where do you think I have time for that? First of all. Secondly, right. I appreciate it, but no. Um, but, wait, but, yeah. What?
0: Yeah. I respect the hustle. I really do. But like, can we just talk to you a little bit about marketing and doing your research before you start sending blanket messages? I usually just offer to help. I'm like, we, well, you just, let's teach you some things, ma'am, because I want you to be successful. Uh, but it's the only time I'm ever like handing out my card with my own name on it. Here. Like, yeah. just, do you know who I am? Yep. Um, tell me about your, well, uh, let's dive in a little bit. Um, Upbringing wise, parents, entrepreneurs, are they corporate people? Are they nine to fivers? Blue collar, white collar. What does that look like for you? And are you an only sibling? Are you? No. A, I know you have at least a sister
1: that I, I've heard I have about. A sister and a brother that both work for me. Um, awesome. And then another brother who's off in Alaska. So now I'm the older. I'm the oldest of four. That so um, and then yeah, my dad was um, federal government. My mom was a nurse. So. Yeah. Um, my aunt, I, I lived with my aunt a lot. She was an entrepreneur. She owned a couple of retail shops on the outer banks. Um, and I, I started going up there every summer when I was 12 and I would stay and hang out with her all summer. And I, by the time I was 15, I was doing purchasing. I was hiring training, um, doing inventory, even bookkeeping, you know, she kind of taught me a good basis of all the business. Um, you know, and that, that's where I really kind of got the entre- entrepreneurial bug from, was, was at, um, those experiences when I was in 12
0: through 18. Right. And so when you say like, oh, this is stuff I know how to do, like it's in you, it's not like sort of, and I learned it, it's like ingrained, right? Like that's a piece of you. That's awesome. So was that, I I was going to ask what, what is your first job? Was that it? That was the first job
1: that, yeah, that, that was it. My first paying job. Yes. Um, was working for her. Um, and then I remember by the time I was like 16, I think even over every summer I had like four different things that I would do. Like I'd I'd work for her full time. Um, I was hosting at a fabulous restaurant. You know, we're talking um should have should have had a michelin star if they if they if michelin would go to the outer banks of north carolina um fabulous restaurant um i started web development even though i had no clue you know this is back in the day like i built my aunt's website for the store and then other people like oh can you build my website and and i'm like i have no clue what i'm doing um but okay (laughs) you know just like piddly little stuff um and then i started working um in restaurants like waiting tables and stuff that's when I was 19 and then just stuck and stayed and worked in restaurants ever since
0: then. So it's really I mean that's it's really in you. And I love that those two things are what combined. Like what you did when you were young with the sales and the retail and knowing the business side of it and mm-hmm. then do working in hospitality and you were like, I'm just gonna take these things where I it is my area of genius and create an empire out of it. And that is fucking but like I've never I've never felt like the word empire fit quite as well as I think it's because there's so many little things, like it's phenomenal. Um, so when you were little, little, and somebody would say like, what do you want to be when you grow up?
1: I actually wanted to do international disaster relief. So I wanted to work for the UN and go set up refugee camps all over the world. Um, and if I hadn't have gone this route, I, I still would have gone back and finished my degree and done that. Um, but I love logistics and that just, always fascinated me i wanted to help people and be able to to work with logistics so
0: i love that you still can you could still go back I, we all well, have multiple chapters keep,
1: yes and i keep um every about once a year i'll go onto like american red cross's website and like peddle around with their international disaster volunteerism stuff and then i'm just like hope oh, i have
0: a 5 year old <laughs> like
1: once he gets a little bit older i'll probably see if i can volunteer with them on, on big scales
0: and go on big projects What's your, what's, do you mind sharing? What's his name? Even like first yeah. name? Oh, that's adorable. I love that. How is it? Um, how, what do you have as far as like community surrounding you that helps with the mom side of being the entrepreneur, the parent side?
1: Uh, my, my husband does pretty much both sides.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> he,
1: he does like, he cooks all the meals as all laundry, the lot, la- like he does both, both halves. Um, and then my, my mom, I have and my aunt just moved here, my siblings, like um everybody pretty much flocked to Greenville once I once I really got established. Yeah. Um so that's super helpful.
0: That's beautiful. Um, I've been here for four years. My sister's been here for three, and my mom's been here for two. I feel you. And my mom brought my brothers and my grandma with her. (laughs) I have one brother who lives in Florida, and if he weren't in the military, I'm sure he would live here, too. So I feel that. Uh That's funny. We have a lot more similarities, I think, than we thought we did. I'm also the oldest of five. Um, are you by chance a Capricorn? I just like feel that like business energy off of you. Like a Capricorn would have, I don't know. I was just guessing.
1: No, but I'm a Virgo. So Mm. kind of close Yeah, close enough. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh
0: Um, so, so in all of this, um, what would you say? And it can be like a specific event or it can be like an overarching theme. What's been your biggest hurdle in owning your empire?
1: Biggest hurdle. Well, it really depends on the stage of the business. Um, you know, finances, of course, have always been a huge hurdle. Um, just because I, I've i been adamant about not bringing on investors. And yeah. um, and we'll, we'll get to the point one day where we have to. Um, and I should have a long time ago because I, I would have loved to own real estate by now. Um, and that was just something that didn't quite play in the cards the way it should have. Yeah. Um But hurdle is just constantly, hmm, I'm trying to think, (laughs) there's so many, it's like hard to pinpoint kind of the biggest, Um, I think probably just one of the biggest hurdles is just changing the scale and the size of our company. You know, when we first started, we were young. I was young. Everybody that worked for me, we were all like best friends. You know, we worked hard, played hard. We were, we were a true like family. And then I went off and got married and had a baby. And then all of a sudden, it's like we start to grow up a little bit, and our culture got to where it was a little less organic. Um, and it's been harder to maintain the authenticity that I would like. Um, so we've had to work really hard at trying to. Uh, maintain an authentic culture to where it's like you're not expected to be part of the work family actually I don't use that word in the work environment anymore um, because I don't like the pressure that it puts on people Mm -hmm. Um, but just trying to just really look at as we grow this company and as we scale to other markets and other industries and so forth like how do we maintain um, the, the passion and the hustle and everything that we do without impacting our employees in a negative way by you know um, interrupting their work-life balance and things like that, you know? So, so that's been, that's been probably one of the biggest hurdles is just the, sh- the cultural shift over the years. Um, and, and at times, you know, it's kind of steamrolled away from me. And at other times I have a good grasp on it. So it's just the, the, as it ebbs and flows.
0: I love that. And it's a really, it's a really important thing to think about. I kind of love that that's your answer because it's, the 10th thing on anybody's priority list is what is the culture like in the company when you've got more than one, when it's not just you, right? Mm-hmm. But even when it is just you, if you plan on growing saying like, this is what's important to me when we bring on other people is that they understand this and this, and this is how we treat yes. people. And this is what they get out of it. And all of that, like, that's incredible that that's, that's the thing that you like are concerned right. over and seems to be, you know, the thing that you work hardest on. Cause like, if it's the biggest struggle, then it's probably one of the things you're working hardest on. And that's in, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. We're
1: working a lot on it right now. And I know for a lot of, um, especially female business owners, I hear this a lot is, you know, why don't my employees work as hard as I do?
0: Nobody will ever work as hard as you do. Sunshine.
1: (laughs) Nobody will ever work as hard as a business owner, but I hear that so often from business owners and they get so frustrated because they feel like their employees just aren't being as productive. And it's like, no, they're just, they're not putting in as many hours as you are. Um, You know, so it's like, it's that, I mean, that's something I accepted years ago, Um, but now it's, it's like being conscious about how do I ensure that my employees do have a really good work-life balance and how do I encourage that work-life balance, um, you know, in an environment where, especially in the startup culture world, where it's like supposed to be hustle, hustle, hustle. And it's just like, no, let's actually not use the word hustle with my employees. You know, I'm not using the word family and things like that intentionally because I want them to know that it's okay for them to have a life outside of this company.
0: I love that. I love that. We've always pushed, um, as my, my team is like 12 people, it's tiny comparatively. Um, but we've always pushed like, what are you getting out of this? Like, why are Uh you here? Because if our mission doesn't make any sense to you, first of all, but second of all, if there's no benefit to you outside of a paycheck of being here, there are places that would make you happier. And at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, if you don't want to come in, if this isn't the project for you, if you recognize that like we're not the the community that you want to be a part of, it's totally OK to go. But that I love that. I love that. Yes. And, and you do have a life. Please live your life. And then tell me how I can augment your life by giving you a workplace that you enjoy being in. And even when it's hard. Right. Like we all go through time frames where we're like, shit, this is hard but everybody sticks with it because they're like, but I'm getting something out of it too. And that value exchange is worth it. Um, so what has been your greatest moment of success? Where was that moment where you were like, okay, I did it. I've done the thing, or I feel really great about this. Or you had a moment to sit back and go, holy shit, this is a thing. So
1: it's funny because I'm also, I'm always so careful to like, I do have those moments. Cause you know, you got to take in the little, the little rewards. But I'm also careful, like, because I feel like it's never the final, you know. Right. Um, anyways, I, I think probably every time we do like tacos and tequila. So we produced this huge taco and tequila festival. And the first year we did it, we had 800 people. We sold out days in advance. And it was just an absolutely spectacular event. And everybody just absolutely loved it. And I just, I, I remember at the end of the night after that event, just being like, wow, this is, this is amazing. You know, this is cool. And that's one of the things I love about what we do in events is it's also climatic that after an event, you know, it's just like, this was awesome. We had so much fun. Our guests had so much fun. We pulled it off. Hopefully we made a few dollars off of it.
0: We didn't um, just break even. It's
1: like you get that instant gratification after the event you know, that, hey, this, this turned out okay, you know, versus just like, you know, a a random product launch or something. Um, I think it's like, you get to see the tangibles of of all your work and see it on people's
0: faces. It's the people, right? I love that. Like it is, it's seeing that you made an impact on someone else. That's phenomenal. Um, Okay. So last question people who are wanting to make that jump from I work a job to, I want to do my own thing. What's the one piece of advice you would give that person?
1: Make sure you understand finances. Um, You've got to got to understand finances. If you don't know how to read a P and L or balance sheet, you need to learn how before you start a business. Um, Everybody's all about the marketing. They're all about the t-shirt design, the slogan, the hashtag, whatever it is. That part is minuscule compared to budget and the finances. If you don't understand how to read a balance sheet, you're never going to make it. And I will tell you, it probably took me about four years to understand how to read a balance sheet. Um, I self-taught everything when um, myself, everything when it comes to bookkeeping and accounting. Um, and it makes all the difference in the world. So you, you've got to understand how to cost out your products, you know, how to understand the ROI, all those kind of things.
0: So. That is the best answer. I know I said that was the last question I lied um because now I want to know self-taught in that what have been your biggest like um what's the most impactful thing that you've had to learn as you go leadership god I love you yes tell me why
1: (laughs) just because just I mean for a lot of different reasons is that you know leadership in general is, is always evolving you know but my leadership style has changed a lot over the years because my company's changed. You know, it's like, we went from the small company, like I said, where it was just three or four of us, um, to now I have over a hundred employees and I don't even know all their names. Um, and, um, and, and I've, I've definitely had some really rocky moments as a leader, you know, especially after I had my son and I was struggling and that's what I'm going to be talking about at shattered glass is how to take a break and have a baby and come back to a company that, um, is successful. Um, cause I made, I made some mistakes when I went out to have my son, um, and it, it had a really poor impact on my company. Um, so, you know, and it just leadership, just the times and changes too. And, and the things, you know, it's like, I didn't realize until last year with COVID how important, um, the idea of safety was for my, my employees. You know, because previously, you know, the economy has been great and everybody's like, oh, if I don't like my job, I'll just quit and go find another one tomorrow. You know, but then in the world of COVID, all of a sudden there were no other jobs we had and my employees were terrified that they were going to get laid off or furloughed and they didn't want to. They, they, we, we, we as a company and a culture were in a really good spot. Um, so it's like, what do I need to do to ingrain in you that you're, you're in a safe place right now? Um, and that I have a home for you and and things like that. And we're going to, we're going to get through this, you know? Um, so yes, just leadership over the years for sure.
0: Which is beautiful. And it's not like that's something you just go take a course on. Like that's really trial and error. And you
1: can, but it's, it's not until you really experience it. And I make mistakes every day. Um, I'm growing as a leader every day, you know, and I go through different trends with myself, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to journal this, or I'm going to ask these questions and things like that. You know, I mean, I, um, I'm cognizant of it, but, um, but it's definitely something that, you know, you can never, you, you cannot put enough mindfulness into leadership. You really can't. So
0: that is such a good, let's just give that as that's a piece of advice. You can never put enough mindfulness into leadership. It's beautiful, especially, and if you have any employees outside of just yourself, you are a leader. Like at that point, somebody is paying attention and following, like you've become, I love when people are like, how do you become an influencer? I'm like, do you have a follower on Instagram? Like you have influence over that person. That's like, that's how you become, become an influencer. Like start acting like the things that you say are making a difference in someone's life because they are influencer Mm -hmm. done. Like, do you want the technical jargon or (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And if you want to get paid for it, different story. However, Um, I love that. This is, uh, God, this is awesome. I'm so glad you gave him a little like sneak peek too, into what you're going to be talking about at shattered glass, because that is huge. And as much as we want, like, there's this awesome balance in the world of like feminism, quote unquote feminism, where it's not that we're trying to be men. It's that we're trying to make the world recognize the power in being a woman who can do the mm-hmm. same things that men can, right? And so I used to shy away from topics like, how do you do this with motherhood? And how do you do this as a woman and raising a family and blah, 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 because nobody ever talks about that with men. But at the same time, like we are the ones bearing children. Therefore, we need to know if we're going to like have the baby, what does that look like for the workplace? We can keep a company running and do it just mm-hmm. as well. And there's no reason we should be looked over for opportunities because we're women, because yes, we can do that and this. We're just not yeah. going to do it the same way a man would. And I think that's, that's a super powerful and empowering thing.
1: Well, and as a female, uh, as a mom and a business owner, I have had dozens of women over the years ask me, you know, how did you do it? How did you take time away to have a baby? And what which I just find most fascinating, my husband's also a business owner. He's never, no, no one's ever asked him that question. Yeah. No one's even thought for a second, how is it that you as a man found the time to go have a baby? Right. And, and be, so th- that question would never cross anybody's mind. Mm-hmm. So it is a powerful topic because it's necessary to, you know, I don't want women to feel as though they can't choose the path of entrepreneurship because they want to have a baby. And that's what happens is so many women just say, you know what, it's, it's too risky. I can't do that because I wouldn't be able to have a baby. It's not either or. and You don't have to choose either or. You can have both. Um, it's just a matter of how do you balance it? Um, and I learned a lot of lessons when I had kit. Um, you know, I took a full almost three months off. Um, and I, I learned a lot of lessons that I'm going to be talking about in October.
0: I'm so excited for that. I am so excited. I have goosebumps. I am yeah. so excited for that. It's going to be phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Tammy, thank you so much for this yes. little like spotlight into yes. your world. It's been phenomenal. If y'all want to hear more from her, Get signed up for the Shattered Glass Symposium. Um, This episode drops on Friday. So if you're listening to this as it drops, there is still three weeks to get signed up for your VIP ticket where you can come to the Diamond Gala and you can meet Tammy. You can be there for the green room. There are so many opportunities to meet her, learn from her. Come listen to her. Come listen to her keynote because it's going to make a difference in your life. I promise you. Um, It's just shatteredglasssymposium.com. Go check it out. Tammy, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that episode of She's a Powerhouse. If you loved this, whatever platform you're on right now, why don't you go down and hit that subscribe button if you're feeling super nice. You can leave us a review, leave us a comment, and share us with other badass women in your life.